Hey, Risto here with George Mason University. This is the monthly ISEP Connect chat. This happens the last Friday of each month. Uh, it's a community of scholars from around the world that talk about uh, important issues in health and physical education. This specific chat is about the position statement on physical education assessment that was recently released. I've linked to it via the notes section. Uh, one of the calls from the discussion was to disseminate this to key stakeholders in, in physical education. Um, I am going to do this. I have answered the call. Will you? Um, if you want to skip to the discussion, it starts somewhere around the 34-minute mark of the podcast. And if you want to learn more about this organization, go to www.aiesep.org. I am a member, love this organization, and uh, it's been great to me. So here we go with the ISEP Connect. Thanks to all of you to be uh, there and to attend to this uh, fourth uh, ISF Connect, uh, a coffee, a special coffee break for uh, researcher or, or of, uh, in sport pedagogy. Then uh, for those who don't uh, know me already, I'm uh, Professor Mark Cruz from University of Liège. I am the uh, president of ISF and it's my pleasure uh, to open this, uh, this session. Then uh, during that session, uh, we'll have the support of Cassandra Yanucci, uh, who will be the, the person in charge of the, all as, uh, technical aspects. And, and uh, I thank uh, very much her because uh, she is very supportive for uh, our, uh, our job. And of course, uh, I need also to thank my colleague Attilio Cao from uh, Italia. Uh, he is... Uh, uh, the treasurer of uh, ISF, and he will be the moderator of this session. Uh, in fact, I cannot continue after 1.30, and uh, of course, I, I'm sure that he will do uh, a great job. Then now it's my pleasure to introduce the three uh, people from Eindhoven in the Netherlands, uh, they organized a fa fantastic uh, ISF specialist seminar in October uh, 2018, uh, focusing on uh, PE assessment. And after that, they collected all information and prepared uh, a position statement. And uh, today, Lars will share that position statement and will explain how it, will, it, it was uh, developed and how we can share. After that, there will be uh, around 30 minutes for discussion. And I hope that people from Italy, from Finland, from the US, from everywhere in the, in the world will attend to that, decision, that discussion. Thank you and sorry to leave you at the, at the half of this uh, event. And uh, uh, because I will not be there at the end, I give you uh, an appointment for the next time. Well, uh, Lars, I believe that uh, it's the floor is yours. Okay, thank you, Mark. And thank you all for the, uh, for the invitation uh, to present. Um, the, the floor is my own floor, uh, as, as I'm sitting on my own floor at the moment. Um, but it's nice to have a coffee or a, a glass of water uh, with all of you. Um, I will share my screen with you and I'll start my presentation about the uh, ISAP uh, position statement.
Yeah, and if I'm correct, then you are now seeing my screen. I see some people nodding. Okay. So the presentation I'm, I'm uh, giving to you today, it's probably a little bit different from other ISAP Connect presentations in that it's not a, a research presentation. So I'm not presenting a research project, but I'm presenting the ISAP position statement on PE assessment. Uh, and I will be talking about how this position statement uh, came to be. Uh, what's in the position statement, of course, um, for those of you that haven't already read it, for those of you have, who have already read it or even contributed to it, it might be a bit of a boring session. Um, but uh, I'll also be talking to you about the dissemination uh, of, the, uh, of the statement. So, um, without further ado, uh, my name is uh, Lars Borghout, as uh, already mentioned by, uh, by Mark. Uh, discussions, my colleagues are Menno and uh, Gwen, and we're from uh, the University of Applied Sciences in, uh, in Eindhoven in the Netherlands. Um, for those of you who don't know where uh, Eindhoven is, uh, you can see it on the, uh, on the map. For those of you who don't know where the Netherlands is, please look it up. Um, but we're not the only people who have drafted, who, has who have made this, uh, this position statement. Uh, the main contributors, apart from uh, us three, were Anne McPhail, uh, Hans van der Mars, Don Penny. I've seen that Don is also uh, present. Uh, Victor Lopez Pasto, who's also here, I believe. Uh, Ivo van Hilvoorde, he's also from the Netherlands. Uh, Peter Iserbiet uh, from Leuven. And Jacqueline Lund, I believe Jacqueline would also be here. Uh, maybe they can contribute to the discussion uh, afterwards. Um, so maybe to start off and give you some uh, context, uh, what is uh, an ISA position statement? Because I can imagine that not all of you know what a position statement is. Well, um, it's just uh, just that. It's a statement uh, from ISAP about a, a relevant area in physical education. And there are already four position statements online. Uh, so there's a 2009 position statement about uh, continuous professional development. There's a 2012 position statement on sport pedagogy. Uh, we have a 2014 position statement on PEAT, on physical education, teacher education. And then there's the new ISAP position statement on assessment in physical education that I will be talking about uh, to you today. So what is the purpose uh, of a position statement and particularly this position statement on assessment uh, in PE? Um, well, what we want to do with this position statement is to advocate for the importance of assessment practices uh, as meaningful, relevant, and worthwhile physical, uh, or for uh, meaningful, relevant, and worthwhile physical education uh, provision. And another uh, purpose is to advise the field, uh, which is the purpose of all uh, positions, position statements, to advise the field of PE about assessment-related concepts uh, and of course, that is informed by research and effective practice. So I will, I will be talking to you in, in a minute about how we did this. Uh, also, uh, one of the purposes is to identify pressing research questions. So for all of you that are into research uh, listening at the moment, um, at the end of my presentation, I will uh, pose some research questions that we have identified in the position statement that may be relevant to investigate. Um, and also one of the uh, purposes is to uh, provide a, a rationale for colleagues that wish to apply for research funds or grants uh, to address questions about PE assessment or to those who have opportunities to work with or influence policymakers. 
So there's quite a broad uh, target group for this position statement. Uh, so it's not only PE teachers, uh, but it's also pre-service teachers, uh, PE teacher educators, PE researchers, PE administrators, policy makers, etc. So all stakeholders involved in uh, this, the field of physical education. I, I think that the, the cartoon on the right, which you may or may not already know, um, sums up some of the, the difficulties with PE assessment uh, pretty well. Um, so what we see is that um, assessment is often used for selective purposes, as in this cartoon. Um, we see that students or pupils vary widely in their abilities, especially uh, sensor motor skills, uh, which is uh, depicted here by, by seeing uh, both the monkey, the, the elephant, the penguin, the fish, etc. Uh, and uh, they are the, the pupils of students in PE are, are often all assessed to the same standards. So in this example, it's climbing a tree. Um, and maybe you can also see that uh, only the monkey seems to be smiling uh, and the rest seems to be uh, terrified that they will uh, have to climb a tree. Although they have their own motor abilities that are perfectly suited to what they need and, and want to do. So I think that's a, a nice illustration of one of the problems with PE assessment. Now maybe it's, it's good to share with you how that PE uh, position statement uh, on assessment was created. We didn't uh, just uh, think of it uh, by ourselves or suck it from our thumb. I don't know if that's an international expression, but it is one in the Netherlands. Um, so how did we create this statement? Well, as Mark already alluded to, uh, we organized a specialist seminar in Eindhoven in October uh, 2018 um, called Future Directions in PE Assessment. And we had a, a large presence of experts in uh, PE assessment. So we had 71 uh, participants uh, from 20 different countries in Eindhoven uh, for which we organized keynote sessions and discussion sessions. Um, and we had a lot of assessment related research presentations um, and we did this around several themes, and those themes are reflected in the uh, position statement as well. So the themes we had during the, uh, the seminar were PE assessment policy and enactment, accountability and policy, instructional alignment, assessment for learning, uh, assessment in PEAT, and technology and assessment. And you will see those again later on in my presentation. Um, if you want to know uh, more about this uh, seminar, if you want to see the, the keynote presentations that were given, they are still online. So I can refer you to uh, uh, this uh, web address, peassessment.com, if you'd like to see recorded lectures from people like Anne McPhail or Don Penny or Hans van der Mars, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, how did we go about uh, with drafting the uh, position statement? So the first thing we did was a, a qualitative analysis of sorts. So this was not a research study again, but we did an analysis of all the discussion sessions that were held uh, during the, the seminar in Eindhoven. Uh, we had a lot of written uh, input from the sessions, so we had minutes, uh, we had uh, sticky notes as you can see in the, in the photo over there, which we analyzed. Um, and then uh, we had contributions from the, the speakers or keynote speakers, uh, the same persons that already presented to you in one of my first slides. And from this, we drew up the first draft of the position statement on PE assessment. 
Um, then we sent that to all the participants from the specialist seminar to ask for their uh, inputs, uh, from which we drafted a second version of the position statement, uh, which I then presented at the 2019 ICEP International Conference at Adelphi University in, in Garden City, New York. Uh, we tried to collect uh, online input from that again, so people could react online to a questionnaire about the position statement. Uh, and from that, we uh, drafted a final version, uh, which we sent to the ISAP board for approval, uh, which was, was approved finally in uh, May uh, of this year. So that's how the statement uh, came to be. Uh, now, um, uh, what, uh, let's see to my, um, what I have written down about this. Um, so what, what does this uh, position statement look like in its final form? Uh, it consists of, of nine different topics, which I will uh, show you here. So the first topic is uh, what we know from research uh, in uh, assessment in PE. There's a topic on uh, assessment literacy. You have an accountability and policy topic. Uh, there's a topic, instructional alignment, uh, assessment for learning, uh, physical education, teacher education, and continuing professional development. And uh, finally, digital technology in PE assessment. Uh, and I will um, uh, be presenting about those uh, further on in this uh, presentation. Um, so each topic consists of a short uh, background description. Oh, sorry, there's also a directions for future research uh, topic as well. Uh, so each um, uh, topic consists of a short background description and then followed by a number of statements about the topic. And I will be presenting those uh, statements to you uh, during this presentation. So um, I'd like to already give you the, the three questions that we could discuss uh, afterwards so that you can think about those maybe during this presentation. So one of the things that we would really like uh, your input on is how can we disseminate the position statement to as many stakeholders as possible internationally? Uh, what opportunities and barriers do you see for the enactment of specific statements or the position statement as a whole? And maybe because I think quite a lot of you are come from uh, physical education, teacher education, um, to what extent does your PEAT Institute already comply with the ICEP statements on PEAT? And I will show them to you later on. So to start off, um, uh, what do we know from research into uh, physical education uh, assessment? So one of the things that we conclude from our uh, small literature review that we did for the position statement is that uh, assessment quality in PE is worrisome. So uh, a lot of different, these are some uh, authors that have concluded that there's more, um, but a lot of uh, uh, scholars think that the assessment quality in PE is worrisome and that physical educators struggle to meet the demands for a reliable and valid grading system. Also research suggests that there's poor instructional alignment in PE and instructional alignment is of course one of the topics in the position statement that I will be presenting to you shortly. Uh, also there seems to be a predominance of assessment based on the subjective evaluation of aspects such as effort, preparedness, sportsmanship, etc. Uh, which are usually not the objectives that are in the official uh, physical education uh, curriculum guidelines uh, in different countries. Uh, furthermore, uh, or lastly, 
students seem to be confused or ill-informed about the goals of PE and what its assessment is based on. So there's uh, some very interesting uh, papers on that showing that um, what uh, students think uh, they are graded or assessed on is actually not what PE teachers say that they are assessing on or uh, indeed what is in the uh, curriculum guidelines. So I think that this probably illustrates that the position statement on assessment could be of, uh, of value for the international uh, area of PE. So I will now uh, talk you through the, uh, the statements uh, on the various topics of the position statement. And uh, this is the ICEP statement on uh, assessment literacy. So uh, ICEP states that uh, teachers' assessment literacy is an important prerequisite for assessment quality and that assessment quality is paramount for teachers and students to be well informed and to be able to make valid judgment about the learning process and its outcomes. So uh, what ICEP advocates is the need for investment in assessment literacy for PE teachers. Uh, and I think we can conclude from the research overview that I just presented on the previous slide that this investment is strongly needed and uh, possibly long overdue as well. Um, so on accountability and policy, uh, ICEP advocates for PE to be held accountable for all students having opportunities to achieve intended learning outcomes and to evidence their learning progress. Um, furthermore, all students should be receiving uh, feedback, so uh, PE should be held accountable for this, that all students receive feedback and are supported to act on it, as well as all students feeling valued and supported uh, as learners in physical education, not just participants, but learners in physical education. Um, and furthermore, uh, that assessment should be focusing on equipping students as lifelong participants in physical education and sport. I also believe that assessment should be embedded in the local uh, PE content standards and objectives. And I'll come back to that further on when I'm, I will be talking about uh, alignment as well. Uh, and I said believes that PE would benefit from strong policies and guidelines on PE goals and purposes and on PE assessment because if clear policies and guidelines are in place, then PE can be held accountable to provide evidence for student learning towards those goals. And this accountability can support quality PE by ensuring alignment between intended learning outcomes, pedagogy and assessment. I also believe that uh, external accountability measures for school PE assessment should reflect equity and inclusiveness of all students and as such that they need to be context specific, realistic and appropriate. And I'm not going into uh, more detail, I'm just talking about what's in the statement at this moment, uh, also because of time, of course. Um, and ISAP also believes that teachers need a sufficient level of support and autonomy to adapt policies and guidelines to the local context and translate them to the level of the students, allowing for equality and inclusiveness. And that evidence of learning in PE should address individual achievement and learning growth and come from multiple fine-grained and varied sources and take into account student differences. And I think that the, uh, the cartoon I, uh, I showed you earlier is uh, what we are referring to here. So uh, taking into account differences between students uh, within PE. 
ICEP also believes that assessment policy should be informed by research uh, and that its construction should involve practicing teachers, PE scholars as well as PE professional organizations. And we also know from our, uh, our overview of literature that there is still quite a, a lot of work that could be done on PE assessment uh, by, by researchers. And I'll come back to that when I get to the research uh, recommendations later. So we also think that there is a need for a broader research base uh, on uh, PE assessment to inform that policy. So that's the accountability and policy statements, the, uh, the ICEP uh, statements on accountability and policy. And next in the uh, position statement is the instructional alignment, which is maybe uh, key to, to the whole of the position statement. So about instructional alignment, ICEP states that uh, assessment is an integral part of the instructional process and it is not an add-on. So uh, this says, uh, tells us something about how ICEP thinks that a curriculum should be built. Uh, intended learning outcomes should be derived from the curricular goals. Teachers should develop assessments that are a valid and feasible representation of the intended learning outcomes and subsequently design or select activities in line with the learning outcomes and the assessment. So instead of starting from the activities, which is now uh, often the case in PE practice, we suggest uh, what is called backward chaining. So as illustrated in the, in the figure on the slide. So starting out with the learning outcomes, then think about and designing the assessment of uh, learning and only then starting uh, to design the learning activities. I think uh, very often in PE practice, people start with the learning activities uh, and then think about how to assess them. It should be the other way around. So ICEP uh, also states about uh, instructional alignment that in order to facilitate meaningful and effective learning in PE, teachers should ensure the alignment, the alignment between the learning outcomes, assessment activities, and the learning tasks within the curriculum. And many researchers uh, have already uh, proposed this. ICEP also states that uh, it is committed to finding ways of contributing to, supporting and disseminating uh, an emerging evidentiary base that can inform the design and delivery of high quality assessment and instructionally aligned PE curricula. So the next topic in the position statement is about assessment for learning, uh, sometimes also called formative assessment. Uh, there are small nuances between that, but we are taking, uh, we are talking uh, or using assessment for learning here. Uh, and about assessment for learning, ICEP states in the position statement that assessment for learning and assessment of learning, uh, although they serve different purposes, they are not mutually exclusive. Uh, however, what we do think is that since AFL assessment for learning is the key for learning focus and goal attainment, that purposeful learning in PE should always include aspects of assessment for learning. Uh, why is that? That is because we think that assessment, uh, I'm sorry, this is about assessment of learning. Uh, assessment of learning or summative assessment, sometimes called, uh, can be used to map students' progress or to evaluate curricular or teaching effectiveness. So um, they serve different purposes uh, and they can both be used. This can aid in legitimizing the subject area within the educational system and society as a whole. Um, but ISAP also states that 
at the very least, students should know and understand the learning goals and quality criteria at the start of the learning process. And again, there's research that shows uh, that students very often hardly know what the learning goals are or what the quality criteria are. So um, there should be assessment transparency. However, in order to achieve optimal learning experiences, uh, students should also be actively involved in the assessment uh, process. For example, by determining the learning priorities, their own learning priorities, that is, uh, choosing when and how to demonstrate the learning progression, having a part in the construction of assessment tasks and or criteria, uh, by doing self and peer assessment or by uh, using reflection tasks, etc. etc. Uh, now it is not always easy for PE practitioners, for PE teachers to uh, to do this. So uh, we also state, ISAP also states that more tools and instruments and examples should be developed and shared, uh, I should say, to aid the implementation of contemporary assessment theory into everyday practice. And we encourage uh, PE teachers to share the good practices they have, as this can accelerate the uptake of uh, innovative assessment approaches. So this might be one of the things that uh, further dissemination and further development uh, coming from this uh, position statement uh, could, uh, to try and strive to do. Okay, the next topic is on physical education, teacher education. I'm, I'm hoping uh, that I'm not boring you too much with all the statements, um, but uh, the next uh, is about physical education, teacher education. Uh, and ISAP states that uh, PE should allocate a sufficient amount of time to the topic of instructionally aligned assessment for teacher candidates to gain a deeper understanding of the role and function of assessment and for them to learn how to design and implement valid, reliable, and feasible assessment in PE practice. And from the discussions that we had during the seminar, it became uh, very much apparent that this is not always the case in all PE institutes. Uh, ISAP also states that uh, PE should strive to embed assessment in the learning process, so use assessment for learning throughout the curriculum, and that this assessment should be aligned with its intended learning outcomes and instructional practices. We also think that PE assessment should include meaningful and authentic tasks, so applied in the context of PE, and where possible take place in authentic real-life learning context, uh, for example, mostly schools. Uh, furthermore, we think that uh, teacher educators should practice what they preach and aim to be exemplary in their own assessment practices. So we could teach our students about assessment for learning, for example, but we should also practice assessment for learning ourselves in our physical education, teacher education, because we believe, uh, and we also believe, I'd like to say that PE teachers have the right and responsibility to be engaged in effective, continuous professional development on PE assessment throughout their careers. Uh, because we also saw in the research uh, overview that I just gave you that the, uh, the, the assessment literacy for PE teachers is not always what we hope that it would be. So the final um, uh, content, uh, contentious topic uh, of uh, digital is digital technology in uh, PE assessment. So um, ISAP states that when we use digital technology in PE, uh, in PE assessment, it's essential to align the technology with the specific learning outcomes, the pedagogy and the assessment task. So again, it's a form of alignment with now aligning the technology with uh, the curriculum. Um, 
PE teachers can and should play an important role in adapting those digital technologies to the PE assessment practices. And at the same time, they should resist letting digital technologies dictate what and how they assess. So the, the curriculum should be leading, not the technology. ISAP also states that for an effective use of technology in assessment, it's important that PE teachers are digitally literate and possess knowledge of the existence, the components and capabilities of various technologies as they are used in teaching and learning settings. And that uh, if they use uh, these technologies, there are certain, uh, certain things that they should uh, take care about concerning the privacy of the students. The PE teachers need to guarantee the protection of the data and the individual's privacy in the process of assessment, especially when using technology for the data collection. So the last topic in the uh, position statements are the directions for future research, which I'll present to you now. So the following are some examples of uh, relevant research themes that, uh, that we found. Uh, around which a research agenda on assessment in PE can be built. And uh, ISAP urges researchers to address them collaborati collaboratively, sorry, it's a bit of a tongue twister, uh, and across international boundaries. So some examples of relevant research themes that uh, are still uh, open. Um, the research base design, development and implementation of appropriate effective assessment tools and practices. The impact of the various assessment strategies on learning outcomes and student motivation. How assessment informs and impacts teachers' curriculum design and pedagogy. Effective teacher preparation practices specific to educating uh, pre-service physical educators. And effective continuous professional development for in-service physical uh, educators specific to assessing students. And also the interplay between assessment data of student learning and the development of PE policy and enactment. Uh, communities of practice addressing assessment between PEAT faculty, researchers and PE teachers. Student engagement and student voice. There's quite a, a dearth of, uh, there's a lack of, of research uh, actually involving students in, uh, in PE assessment research. So student engagement and student voice in the assessment process. Teachers and learners observational and feedback skills and their impact on the learning progress and uh, the use and impact of digital technologies uh, within PE assessment. I will close my presentation uh, with the dissemination. Um, so Obviously, what we're doing uh, at this moment is part of the dissemination of the, of the position statement. So it's very nice to see that there are quite a lot of people uh, that came to listen to, uh, to this presentation. Uh, but as, uh, as you might know or might not know, uh, there are also uh, translations on the way of the position statement into other languages. Um, there will be a Spanish version, um, there will be a Portuguese version, a German version, a Danish version, a French version, which is almost ready, is uh, what Mark Luce uh, just told us. There will be a Greek version of the position statement. Uh, there is already an Italian version. It's uh, not yet on the website, but it will be there shortly. Uh, and of course, there will be a Dutch slash Flemish version. Uh, as you may or may not know, Dutch and Flemish is almost the same language, uh, but there are some nuances. 
so Peter Isabit uh, will be looking into those uh, nuances. Uh, and you'll see two examples, the, the Italian example and the Dutch example. And uh, I, I dare you all to try and pronounce both of them, uh, but please keep your microphones muted. Um, apart from these, uh, from these uh, translations, um, ISEP uh, and others will propose to national and regional physical education societies to support uh, and or adopt the ISEP uh, position statement uh, and help disseminate its content to the aforementioned target group. So it's very important that this is not just on the website, but that this uh, will really be disseminated and that it will reach PE teachers, uh, PE teachers uh, across uh, uh, our, our target uh, groups. So one uh, very nice example of this is uh, maybe you, you will have seen that there's quite a lot of people with Italian names uh, during this session. That is because uh, the, the international of the or the national uh, Italian PE organization has put out uh, a, uh, an invitation to this presentation um, uh, together with the Italian translation. Uh, to join this meeting. So it's very nice to see that there's a lot of people from Italy actually present in this presentation. So that is what I had to uh, say. I'd like to thank you uh, for your attention. And uh, after this, uh, Attilio will lead the, the discussion. Uh, I have already shown you three questions that we could talk about, but of course, uh, there are, there's probably also a lot of other questions, I hope. Um, so. I asked you, how can we disseminate the position statement to as many stakeholders as possible? Uh, what opportunities and barriers do you see uh, for the enactment uh, of specific statements or the position statement as a whole? And specifically for PEAT, to what extent does your PEAT Institute already comply with the ICEP statements? So uh, that was what I had to say. And I'll give the word to, uh, to Atilio or Cassandra. I don't know who's going to be uh, the one. Thank you. Thank you very much, Lars, Wen, and Menno for very nice, very clear presentation and, uh, and for being absolutely on time. 25 minutes, it was 25 minutes. Thank you very much again. And uh, I was looking that uh, we, and also Cassandra, I think, was checking uh, uh, many comments on the chat. I also had the opportunity to see that uh, Menno and Gwen was launching some suggestion for uh, for discussion there is probably a lot to uh, to talk about uh, assessment uh, in physical education as uh, you say there is a lack of uh, reflection probably and uh, this remain at the same time a key question and a critical question to discuss it is pretty impressive that uh, we don't have a great amount of literature of research around this topic that is absolutely Central. So I would invite uh, uh, maybe first of all Menno and Gwen if they want to add something to your presentation, Lars. Uh, so Menno, Gwen, the floor is yours if you want to add something to the presentation. From your perspective, as you are the co authors of this initiative. Yeah, exactly. Well, as we are the co authors, um... Personally, I don't have anything to add because <laughs> I'm a co-author. <laughs> um, uh, but what um, what's 
perhaps more interesting is um, in the chat, there's a lot of um, uh, reactions coming um, on the three statements. Um, so I, I don't know if it's our task to, um, to perhaps um, uh, let these people um, elaborate a little bit more on uh, their answers or if you'd like to do that Atilio. Um, so that's my question to you. <laughs> I don't have anything to add. Perhaps Gwen um, has something to no, add. No, not at all. I think it's interesting to uh, elaborate on, on the suggestions in the chat. So maybe someone will uh, will add something or tell something. We've got some uh, nice suggestion from Don to put it on in, in the PEED program by, um, by Samask. So maybe Dawn, you can tell us a little bit more about your ideas. Thanks, Gwen. And I think some people may already be doing something similar in terms of using this sort of position statement as a focus for a critical reflection um, task. And what would be really great is if, if some people in, in Pete could maybe also make that a research activity so that in time they could you know publish the experiences of uh peak students trying to respond and enact um the statement um that would be really great and i also put on chat b in terms of sort of stakeholder engagement and the uptake from a policy perspective i think it'll be really important if asap can collate um, and publicise when there are examples of it, it being adopted because I think that that could really grow um, and encourage more organisations to, to take it up. Uh, probably it is necessary to, to, to break the ice. I would start with a question for you all, for all the people that were involved in the preparation of the position statement. And I'm reading on page six of the, uh, the position statement. It's very interesting uh, point and assessment focusing on keeping students as lifelong participants in physical activity and sport. And that this connection between assessment, uh, quality of teaching and motivation probably is uh, uh, something central in what uh, you, you did and what you are doing. And maybe a large or when or men or the other authors of the position statement, if you can add something to better point this, uh, this note. Yes, well, well, probably what is important here is that we see, uh, what we see a lot, at least I can speak uh, about the Dutch situation, but from literature, I know that, that we are not the only ones. Um, that assessment very often focuses on, for example, isolated skills or, or, or more fitness, uh, more of a fitness approach. And we also know that uh, quite a lot of uh, students can uh, become demotivated from these kinds of uh, assessment practices. So uh, one PhD student that I am uh, supervising, Christa Krijksman, she has, she has looked at the impact of uh, of assessment on the motivation of uh, uh, students in uh, PE. And what she sees is that in lessons where, uh, uh, where assessment of learning, so summative assessment is taking place, the motivation of uh, students in PE is, uh, is of, le of less quality 
than it is in, uh, in other lessons. So especially if we have a practice that we sometimes see, for example, in the Netherlands, what we see is that there's very often one in four lessons or one in five lessons can be an, uh, a lesson where there is a summative assessment. So they have three or four lessons to learn something and then they are assessed and then three or four lessons and then they are assessed again. Uh, and if we know that uh, motivation is suffering from summative assessment, then I think we are not doing what we are trying to propose in the statement. So we are not helping uh, students develop a motivation for lifelong physical activity uh, participation uh, by just trying to um, constantly measure them and judge them instead of trying to support them in the learning process. So I think you are right, Ethereo. This is one. This is one of the statements that is uh, certainly central, I think, in the in the whole of the position statement. Thank you, Lars. The, the discussion is open. We can use the chat, or you can just raise your hand or open your microphone and ask for a question. Or you can you we all we can participate in the discussion, of course. One, one comment that's mentioned uh, a few times, I think Risto uh, was the first one uh, to mention it, was to perhaps use, uh, use the, the position statement or maybe an adapted form of the statement um, as reading or studying material in, in, in PEAT. Um, and that's, that's a really interesting uh, suggestion, I think. Um, it's something that Gwen and I presented uh, two years ago at the, at the conference because it's, we are not using the statement as such um, as, as studying material at Fontes. Um, but the concepts that are, um, that are uh, written in it, uh, we are using those. For example, one, one assignment that students do in our PEED Institute is that they, um, they use it as a framework, as I think Don mentioned. Uh, as a framework to analyze um, uh, one example of an assessment in their work placement. So um, in terms of um, how can we disseminate this uh, statement to, um, to our students who will be the future teachers, that might be an interesting, um, interesting thought to, um, or maybe an, an, an interesting development to, um, to further discover, um, maybe for all of us here working in PEAT institutes, how we could uh, put this, um, uh, this, important, um, this important aspect of teaching um, on the map. Um, so if anyone would like, would like to comment on that or maybe give an example of how this is done in their institutes, uh, I'm very eager to hear. Uh, the, the discussion is quite lively on the chat, I believe, and uh, not yeah, a lot of people are... Yeah, <laughs> a discussion in the chat and to speak at the same time. <laughs> I think... Yes. I, I think that when, when we... You know, it's, it's hard to get the discussion going, right? But does that mean that also the PEAT professors are uncomfortable talking about assessment? Is that something that, because we don't have a ton of scholars that are doing a lot of research on the stuff that you're talking about in the position statement is it also because the PEAT professors feel uncomfortable with that. Maybe, maybe not, but um, I think having, you know, in, in the US, I've, I've worked at two different institutions. 
one has a where I'm at now we have a curriculum class we have an assessment class a whole semester long class that they're only learning about assessment and in my old university we had nothing it was just embedded into every single class and I don't know which one is better but I know that in my current institution the students really get a lot of assessment you're, you're taking 16 weeks there so you know 16 weeks of learning about assessment I think that um, it's different from place to place I, I th also think that's an, an interesting uh, statement or, or thing to say. Um, we actually, when we had the, the specialist seminar in Eindhoven, we did a sort of a, a, a poll uh, on, on exactly this topic. So there were uh, a lot of different people from different universities in different countries. And we asked them about this. So uh, is assessment uh, explicitly a part of your curriculum in your PEAT Institute? And uh, well, the most important conclusion was that we saw a very large variance. So there were some institutes where there was quite a lot. So uh, the, the, the speaker just, uh, who just talked about this, uh, talked about 16 weeks, which is quite a lot, I think, uh, in this uh, respect. I, I know from ourselves that we have a 10-week unit where our uh, PE teacher candidates are learning about assessment quite intensively. But also they were, there were quite a lot of institutes where there was no uh, explicit uh, assessment in the curriculum, uh, learning about assessment in the curriculum, I should say, uh, none at all. So, and, but the same uh, was the case in our own institute before we started this 10-week this uh, unit. Uh, we had hardly any uh, explicit uh, teaching on assessment to our students. So they were the, uh, the consequence was that they were constantly being assessed. And uh, the way in which we were assessing them was probably what they uh, went on doing when they were PE teachers. But I think assessment in PE teacher education is of course a totally different game from assessment in PE in secondary schools or let alone primary schools. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, we now see a change very slowly coming in the way that uh, our um, alumni are, are going about assessment in the field, but that's taking quite a lot of time before um, this has really spread uh, throughout the, the field of PE, at least in the Netherlands. Um, so in, in response to what Risto uh, was saying, saying uh, what we saw at least during the, the seminar was a, a very large variance uh, from none to just a few hours to uh, uh, multiple weeks of assessment within the PEAT uh, curriculum. And that would maybe be a, uh, an interesting research uh, study uh, in itself, just to compare uh, PEAT institutes from different countries uh, and see how and how much they um, uh, have assessment within the, the PEAT curriculum. Probably just picking up on some of Risto's comments, um, I just put in uh, the chat as well. I think it's, it's really interesting to think of how what we advocate in the position statement um, then aligns or butts up against the frameworks for professional standards that our peak courses have to align with and the many demands that, that those pose and whether those 
those standards actually, you know, pr promote the good practice in assessment that we're looking to, to develop or whether we're limited just as teachers in schools are ultimately limited by a range of, of constraints so that our assessment practices are as compromised as, as theirs potentially. One thing that, that I might add just to continue this conversation is that we find when our students go out to practicum, um, they're seeing those, all of those things we don't want them to see, yet they're excited about going to practicum and they're enthused about being, becoming teachers for the first time and they're picking, they're seeing all those bad habits exist in the schools. And so they have a great conflict between what we're teaching and what they're seeing in the schools. And um, it, it's hard to overcome that, mom that momentum that's, that's out there. I think just picking up on, on, on that comment, uh, that we also see that uh, quite a lot. Uh, and what we now actually also do is already in the second year where our unit on PE assessment is taking place, is that we have students uh, in their second year, they, they already do school placement there. Um, we, we let them analyze one of the assessment practices uh, on their placement schools. So we try and explain to them, we, we give them a, uh, uh, something to, to analyze with, uh, sort of an uh, analysis tool for PE assessment. Uh, and they analyze one of those assessment practices that they are actually seeing on their, in their school. And sometimes we hear from our students that there are very interesting discussions uh, developing from that with the, uh, the school that they are doing their placement in. So um, these students are still quite young. So they are 19 or 20 years old, maybe. But they, all, they are already having valuable discussions about what's going on uh, in their placement school around assessment. Uh, but still, of course, if you're new and you're, you're a starting PE teacher and you're coming into this uh, PE uh, section, or how do you call it, um, it's, it's very difficult to try and change. Uh, with everything you've learned, it's very difficult to try and change that, um, that practice that has been going on for 10 or, may, or 20 or maybe 30 years. So that's very recognizable. That's just uh, what I mainly wanted to say. And just, just to add a few words, it's, uh, I also saw a comment, I think it was uh, uh, Risto, uh, who said that, that there's a resistance to change. Um, so even if students are allowed to, um, uh, to, to show their, what they have learned in work placement um, in this second year we have, for example, um, they, could still be, uh, they could still have a supervisor that is really resistant to change to to change his own ideas of assessment, which have been formed sometimes 30 years earlier. So um, this is certainly something that we encounter almost every year. Um, but um, in the I think six last six or seven years, we are starting to see a real change in this. And um, of course, it's easy to say that's because of us, but. <laughs> Probably not, but uh, that there is something happening, at least in the Netherlands, on this uh, on this level. So that's that's positive, I think. Risto, please. Yeah, I think um, you know Andrew. Andrew put a great point in the chat there about how we're engaging with stakeholders, and I think it kind of brings that together as well. Of you know the resistance to change is it happening at the at the national level, and I think and I've. I've done several podcasts now with a bunch of different people from different countries to talk about their curriculum. And we see how different it is from country to country. And I'm speaking specifically in the U S context, 
it's a local control. So if I want to make a difference in the US, I can't necessarily do that. I can make a difference in Virginia, in the state, but not really either. I can make a difference in individual counties around even we send our four we send our student teachers to four different counties around this area four different school districts and they all have different curriculum so if i need to impact or i need to send this position statement which i will to you know my local area it's four different people all within you know i could drive from our university 20 minutes to meet every single person but it's so fragmented and so making a big change in certain places is really, really difficult. Whereas if you have a national curriculum and you have a head of physical education and health or at the country level, then that change can be more directed, which brings their own problems because then it's one size fits all for everybody in that same country, which also isn't necessarily the best thing. But I think those are the things that, they don't have to be barriers, but we need to kind of figure out how to broach those barriers. And whether it's at the PEEP program level, you know, the US, we have 530 PEEP programs in the United States. Like, that's just so many. Some of them produce 200 PE teachers a year, mm -hmm. some of them produce one. So, again, like Menno was talking about, there's a professor somewhere that has been doing the same thing the same way for 30 years and Pete, not a physical education teacher, but a Pete professor has been doing the same thing, teaches the same class the same way. And their resistance to change is the same as the 30 year old PE teacher. If the professional development is not consistent. And, and I think that comes across in, in PE teachers, if there's no accountability, and it comes across in the US, once you get tenure, you can kind of, if you don't want to go up to full professor, there's nothing to force you to change. And I think in, in physical education in certain places too, once you make it past your first few years, you, you can teach however you want. You don't have to continue innovating. And I think we hope that we make and produce PE teachers who are passionate and continue professional development professional learning but that's not it's not true across the board if i can add just a couple of points i think that this is another central key part of the discussion how to connect this uh, the the importance to work with stakeholders policy makers with quality assessment and of course with research on assessment and because, uh, uh, yeah, it is clear that we, we should do more on this point. And maybe we can try to, to take the last minutes of this uh, coffee appointment and uh, to talk a little bit about the research uh, that is a, a very good part of the position assessment that you are mentioning here, 10 different directions for research. But uh, my question could be, how could as a we as a community write or design a research agenda on uh, P-assessment? That is needed for sure now. So I would ask to, to you, Lars, when and Menno, but also to all participants, uh, what kind of idea 
or strategies we could have to create a repeat a research agenda on i think this this question could of course be asked about a lot of different areas a lot of other areas as well in in pe but uh, of course now we are talking about assessment uh, in this session um i think that the position statement tries to to make uh, a first plan the first seed, make first proposal about what kind of, of themes uh, could, could underlie such, a, uh, such an agenda. Uh, and I think within uh, ISAP, the question is um, where this should be taking place. Now, I know that there is a, a, a new, um, uh, how do you call it, a new uh, group on quality um, PE research that has started. I, I think Anne McPhail is leading that uh, group. And I've, I've also been asked to be a part of that. So maybe that group is, is one of the places where uh, we could start working on such an agenda. Uh, if ISEP uh, or the ISEP board would want us to do that, of course. Um, on the other hand, um, I don't think that ISEP as, a, as an international organization can do more than uh, propose uh, themes or areas that we could focus our uh, research on because uh, very often the the research is dependent on on local funding so I think it's already very valuable that if you write a for a, a research grant that you can uh, refer to the, for example this position statement or indeed a research agenda from ISEP um, just to show that this is important, that internationally this is considered important. Uh, but then again, that's about as much as, as you can do, I think, as a professional organization. Mm -hmm. But that's just my thoughts. I don't know if there's anyone else that uh, has ideas about this. I'm from Norway and I'm just speaking with the, with the Scandinavian and Norwegian context. Uh, we are just in the middle of, of the revision of our national curriculum in, in all subjects in, in compulsory school and, and, and upper secondary school. And I think <laughs> there is, as Uristo said, is, it's a lot of different contexts. So how to somehow make something universal across uh, different nations and different cultures are uh, challenging. Uh, if it should be like a tool for, for teachers that could work. but uh we have in norway had a lot of challenge uh to assessment in in pe as as many countries uh, a lot of teachers doing um, physical fitness testing and directly uh, doing grading based on that um, and we we have done a lot of research on on the bad outcomes of this approach and due to this research and and pressure from 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 higher education uh, now we have the change on national level. So with the new curriculum, uh, the Ministry of Education also publishes, and this is written into the national curriculum. We don't have state curriculums. We have a national curriculum that applies to all students uh, nationwide. And we have in this curriculum also have a text on assessment that more or less specifically tells you how to assess these uh, goals stated in the curriculum. So uh, that also shows that uh, with a good research base, you can come through and, and have the authorities uh, really doing changes that, we, that we, we know will be beneficial. But as I wrote earlier, it, it's, 
assessing PE is really difficult for teachers because they don't know what to assess. <laughs> uh, even, even teachers or, or pupils, they don't know what they are supposed to learn in PE because the focus, in, the focus is on activity and not on learning. So what we do with our students is really going into the purpose of PE and what, what, are, what are you supposed to learn in PE, not just the, the focus on activity that we find uh, in school. And as was said earlier, they, they really see there is a discrepancy between what they learn at campus when they come to school and meet professionals doing something that we say <laughs> maybe is not, not a good way to do things. So, and being young, as a young, uh, newly professional, when you come out to school, it's really difficult to get through in these uh, communities of professionals working and to try to change uh, old fashioned ways of thinking or old tradition, it's really difficult. So uh, there are issues and, and I, and I appreciate that this is brought up on a international level through this organization because we need to, to, to also find something uh, that's in common and try to shed light on, on, on this uh, because this is a, it's a challenge for the PE. So. But I think in Norway that we will see some change and it will be based on work we have done on, on uh, research on, on assessment in PE. Okay, thank you very much. I think we are close to the end of this uh, uh, coffee appointment. Otherwise, we need a piece of cake, more than a coffee now, <laughs> after one hour. I, I would ask Wen and Menno if you have, wanted to add something. I would like to just add one thing to the, to the research uh, agenda uh, topic, because um, what I've seen is that there, there's actually a lot of papers published related to assessment in PE, but what I think really lacks um, is papers who, that, um, like, um, that are more de uh, development papers, developing research-based um, assessment uh, and present them as good practices. So um, when, we, when, when we would see more of this, this type of research, perhaps this could like be like a bottom-up um, uh, approach to changing also uh, policy uh, because we know the the top-down policy changing uh, and changing practices in schools doesn't really work so i think that would be um, maybe a viable approach to 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 research uh, in, in assessment or one of the approaches that would be interesting so i just wanted to add that thank you thank you Mano. So, uh, thank you very much to you all, Lars, Wen, and Menno, for this wonderful presentation. It was absolutely clear, very clear, very nice. And by looking to the chat, uh, what is also interesting is that we are receiving a lot of uh, comments saying that uh, there are many people ready to disseminate the position statement in their country. So, and this is positive. And maybe also there are many colleagues that. Uh, to be ready to, to, to participate in other initiatives related to assessment. So, so thanks again to you all. Thanks to Cassandra for the technical support. And thanks to all the participants for being here. And uh, see you 
for the next appointment, uh, for the next uh, ISF coffee. Okay, and uh, have a nice weekend. Bye bye. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. Thank, Thank you. Bye bye. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye bye.